Play the fucking intro. Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 302. 302. 302. It's like it's working its way backwards. <laughs> right. Yeah, but in a few weeks, we will be up to 321. A few weeks, more like a few months, but yeah. Yeah, it'll be a few months. Maybe in the summertime. 321. Be three, on the lookout for that. Uh, I don't know if there'll be anything special. Hopefully, we don't forget about it by then. We'll make it super special. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> we'll play some three doors down and some two-minute minor and then one too many's. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, we're going to get into the episode. On this episode, it is part two of the interview that we did with City Saints. On this episode and the interview, we talk more specifically about the songs in Swedish that were on that release because that punk and roll was a double LP talk with the guys about uh, some bands that they would want to play shows with, uh, some recommendations from bands from Sweden, and a lot of other cool stuff, just in general about the album cover, a bunch of the tracks in Swedish, and a little something special for all of you that speak Swedish. Uh, so stay tuned, we will get to the interview. Before we get to that and get into the new music, as we do, we'll run down a list of new stuff that has come out and will be coming out. Uh, I'm going to start on January 29th, Out of Chaos. They released Dogma EP, Aggressive Combat, released self-titled on Tough Ain't Enough Records. On the 30th, Geishas of Doom released Sickest Music for the Sickest People, Volume 4. We'll be playing something from there soon. Confront Stage sent me something. I need to get to that and so we can get it on the, the, the show. They released Where is Freedom EP on the 30th. Blessure, they released the Blessure EP, and they released that on January 31st. Bet on Red on the first released Addicts Lament, uh, which is a single. Direct Action released People Like You, which is a single. Detrition released Nothing Left to Lose on Little Willie Records, uh, which is a single. Caltrops released Papa Mortis S, which is an EP, and that was on the first. We're gonna move to the second for Title Holder, releasing Going Insane, which is a single on Jumpstart Records. Uber U releasing Silver Lining on the third. Ruskaja releasing Turbo Polka Party LP on Napalm Records. The Hanging Judge, they released their self-titled The Hanging Judge, which is out on Lake Town Records, Sunny Bastard Records, and uh, Liberty or Death Records, and I know the copies that Liberty or Death got all sold out. That sold out fast. Um, Damn. Yeah, it was quick. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Been busy the last few days, so I haven't got to it yet, but it's definitely on my list. Fury of Five released Feel the Rain, which is R-E-I-G-N, Feel the Rain, single on Upstate Records on the third. Conservative Military Image. They released The Drug is Anabolic on Lionheart Records. That is an EP, and it also sold out there on Lionheart Records. So you got to act quick if there's stuff out there that you want because they can go fast. Uh-huh. Yep. Some of us learned that the hard way. Right. Well, hopefully because they sell so fast, uh, the second pressings come out 
relatively quick, and all of us that didn't act quick enough will get a chance. Yes, second chances, please. <laughs> 50-Foot Woman released Attack of the 50-Foot Woman EP on rotaryvinyl.com on the 3rd. Sympos, S-Y-M-P-O-S, released More Sympos EP on Tough Ain't Enough Records and Primator Crew. Ad Vitam and Acran released a split EP on Primator Crew on the 3rd. Kirk B. Kiss released a new single called Move. It is also on a benefit EP, or not EP, benefit compilation called Autonomy Now, a benefit for the Bridged Alliance. The rigged bridges. <laughs> uh, Spitting Image, they released Full Sun on Slovenly Records on the third. Year of the Knife released Dust to Dust EP on Pure Noise Records. The Holdouts released 325 EP on Curse Blessing Records. And that Curse Blessing Records release is good. That Holdouts, not sure I knew them before. I think that's new to me, and it was pretty good. Uh, Call the Cops, they're from Italy. They released Manifesto on the third. Another one I want to get to and listen to, melodic punk style compilation called Sound of Us Volume 9, came out on the 3rd. Threer and Narc, two great bands here from Salt Lake, released the split EP. Eric will be talking more about that here later on in the show. Detrition released another single, Doubts, that's over on Little Willie Records. That was, also, that was on the 5th. Die Hipster Records released a compilation called Kids in the Hall Volume 5. That was on the 7th. Unity TX released World of Malice, which is a single today. The 8th, Bruise Control, released Dead on Arrival, which is a single on TNS Records. I believe they have a uh, release coming out in the future. Detrition, in the near future, that is. Detrition released another single called Outside 23 on Little Willie Records on the 8th. I've picked up a bunch of those Detrition singles. I think that they're pretty cool, and if you didn't know... Uh, just recently, they redid a bunch of those tracks, redid the bass lines in them. So if you downloaded them prior to just a couple days ago, go back through and re-download them because the bass lines were redone. Sial, S-I-A-L, on the 10th, release Sankar, S-A-N-G-K-A-R, La Veda Es Un Mus Discos on the 10th. This Means War will be releasing a new single called Wake Up on the 10th. Cuff's new release, To Hell and Back. We just talked about that on last week's episode. Mm-hmm. It comes out on the 10th. Airstream Futures rele- will be releasing Amer La Armenie on Rad Girlfriend Records on the 10th. Wrong Life will be releasing self-titled Wrong Life on Rad Girlfriend Records. Dead Sex Puppets will be releasing Suck on the 10th. And you read that as <laughs> Dead Sex Puppets Suck. <laughs> uh, and that's coming out on the 10th. Their second LP in like... Three weeks or two weeks or something like that. More like we suck the sex puppets. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey's Wake will be releasing a new EP called Distant Lands on the 10th. Wrong, and that's R-O-N-G, is releasing Versed, W-U-R-S-T, on Kinda Cool Records. Ghostwood Murder will be releasing Sportsman on the 11th. Spastic Fantastic is putting out Sex Meat Beckett. Beckhamton Till Ill. Uh, I probably fucked that up, but <laughs> go, that'll be on the 14th. They're a German label. You can go check out Spastic Fantastic Records. Beckhamton Shit. Yeah. I can't even repeat it based yeah. on what I heard. Till Ill. Yes. Uh, grade 2 will be releasing their self titled Grade 2 on Hellcat Records on the 17th. 
Emscherve 7-7 will be releasing Stimmen der Stad on the 17th. Boss Daughter will be releasing Bouts with Bummers on the 17th. Oh, I know. I know. They're, uh, one of the guys who I'm friends with on Facebook has been updating every day. It's like four days, three days, two days. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yes, we know. <laughs> and we're all very excited. <laughs> Finally, the Pomps are releasing Bottom of the Pomps on the 17th, Bad Time Records. Out of Order's new one will be out on the 23rd. I'll be sharing out a new video they just put out, like I said, at the top of the show. Well, like five minutes ago, because that list was fucking long. Uh, I have been busy the last few days. I need to share that out. It's a great video, and looking forward to that release under the knife. Eric, my list was really long, it feels like. At least I felt like I talked for a long time. What, <laughs> what have you found? Uh, what, what, what else is coming out? What else has been released? Well, a few things have been released uh uh, pretty earlier in the year than that I was not aware of. American Nightmare released their single Self-Checkout. And once you know it, they're actually going to be releasing a new, not album, but EP in June. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. American Nightmare kicks ass. That's awesome. They haven't released anything for, uh, for a few years now. Well over a few years. It's been a while. Uh, let's see. The third, uh, All Out War released Celestial Rot. And that thing is, it sounds like it is stated right here. It sounds like it's rotting, <laughs> but in a good way. I really love it. Uh, yes, on the 4th, Narc and Threer did their little split. More on that later. And on the 7th, Drain released a, new, a couple new singles, Evil Ends Light and Watch You Burn. And they are going to be releasing a new album in May. And yeah, I listened to these singles. Oh my God, they are just so heavy. <laughs> I love Drain. I have not been disappointed by them yet, and I don't expect to, uh, I don't expect to be now. And on the 8th, Judiciary released Paradigm Piercer, a second single to their upcoming album, uh, what is it, Flesh Plus Blood. And also, Scal released a single called Opening Night, and that's going to be coming out on an EP coming out also in, also in April. And on the 10th, yep, Boss's Daughter, we know Jimmy, <laughs> not Jimmy, uh, Chris. Chris, Chris Cox, he's the one who keeps posting about it. Hey. He's really excited. I'm like, okay, okay, you know what you're doing. You're setting yourself up. You're building up a lot of hype. You better fucking deliver. <laughs> <laughs> I know he will. I know he will. Yeah, and Cuffs on the 10th. God damn it, I am so excited to listen to that record. Me too. Yeah, so excited that I went to listen to it today, thinking it was already released, only to be disappointed. Oh, I still got to wait two days. This sucks. <laughs> But alas, uh, I believe that patience is still a virtue in my being. I just have to recognize it sometimes. <laughs> I often forget. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I got for uh, brand stinking new releases. Well, let's talk about some new music and play that new music. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about a new release from uh, from a from a compilation that I was talking about last week, the Flat Spot Records. Uh, the Extermination, Volume 3. Oh, no, 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 Volume 4. It was Volume 4. I keep getting those uh, mixed up. And I sort of alluded that I would be revisiting th uh, that compilation in this episode because there were still a few bands' songs on there that I wanted to talk about that I felt could use a little more uh, push. <laughs> anyway, and this one actually does have a social media and sorts. You can actually find their stuff other than this compilation. Right. Unlike... Uh, Mr. and uh, 
doofus. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever MAD stands for. <laughs> God damn. So the one I'm talking about now is a choice to make. They are a just straightforward, all, all thrill, no frills, hardcore band from Pennsylvania. Started in 2018. They released their demo in 2018, released their promo in 2019, and released their uh, EP, LP, sort of uh, in-between, Vicious Existence in 2020. And this is comprised of members of uh, One Step Closer, Warn, and Strength for Reason. And like I said, they deliver the most straightforward hardcore in the style of 80s classics, closely related to that of the East Coast. You th- at least I'm hearing a lot of uh, stuff coming from... Uh, it, it's coming from the same vein of like Agnostic Front and Bad Brains and Minor Threat. So they do have their uh, thrashy bits. And you can hear it on this uh, single, that, on the single... It is a single. It's one song. <laughs> but it is on this compilation. It is the closer of the compilation, actually. It's their song, Tryin'. And yeah, the sounds and lyrics, they together are blunt and honest. There are no hidden messages. They're just telling it like it is in a very aggressive manner, just like how a hardcore song is intended to be. So let's see if you can get the message. Here is Tryin' from Choice to Make. Not much to it, <laughs> you know. But what I can pick up on the uh, on the few lyrics that I understand, it's just a song about uh, endurance, you know. And all the best hardcore songs are about just uh, taking it on the nose and moving on, right? just like you know. And also just like uh, fighting for what you think is right, <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> so there you go. Choice to make uh, from Flat Spot Records. Uh, Flat Spot Records, The Extermination, Volume 4. There we go. I said it all in one oh. sentence. <laughs> and the rest of the compilation, if you heard last week's episode, I did a fair number of, yeah, a fair number Three. of exemplars. Of and examples then this on one, there. so it's almost hacks. I think there's like 10 tracks. There were there, 10 it? tracks exactly on there. 
So if you want to hear the remaining six, check it out on Flat Spot Records Bandcamp. You know, you, you can't really uh, find the, uh, uh, the singular tracks on all the band's respective band camps. You have to find it on the uh, compilation on there. I don't know if that's subject to change anytime soon, but regardless, if you want to check out the remainder of those bands and what else they have to offer, yes, I suggest you do that as well because they have other stuff on here. Nice. Yeah, I just told you the other releases that Choice to Make has. And, buddy, <laughs> let me tell you, they do not disappoint. <laughs> All right, so that's enough of uh, Choice to Make, Flat Spot Records, another compilation in the bag, and here's to many more to come. Excellent. Well, I'm going to play a couple new stuff, new tracks that are out on LSM Vinyl. I want to thank uh, Mike Longshot, as always, for sharing great stuff. And, man, Mike, uh, I talk about over on... Punkanoi Worldwide, I play, it seems like I play a lot of stuff that comes out on Tough Ain't Enough Records. Anytime I see Tough Ain't Enough Records put out a release, I check it out because I'm never disappointed. And same with LSM Vinyl, there's a lot of great releases. So we're going to play a couple that came out at the, well, I guess mostly at the end of the year. I didn't get my hands on the copy of the vinyl for this one. It's Weekend Kids. It officially released on vinyl July 29th. I knew that they were on the list for... Uh, Crash Fest. I went to Crash Fest in Portland in early October, and so I thought I am going to hold off buying, and I'm going to try to buy from them at the show. Well, they didn't have it, Aww. but I saw Mike there, and Mike sent me a copy. Yeah, that's uh, that's always a bummer. <laughs> You're just waiting. You're just waiting. Like, I'd rather like, give them the dollars in person. Exactly. That, that how you, that's how you know that it's not going through a middleman. Right. That middleman being the internet. Right. <laughs> I did the same thing with uh, Drain. Wanted to buy a California Curse because I was unable to see them when they came here in Salt Lake last year because I was at fucking Judas Priest that day. <laughs> I'm just like, why, 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 Judas <laughs> Priest? You had to reschedule the show. You could reschedule schedule it a day later like this sucks right? <laughs> but that's uh that's not the point the point was i managed to see drain at psycho las vegas later that year and i went to see their merch they didn't have shit <laughs> i'm like damn it damn it so close but i so help me god i will get my hands on that lp and i will get my hands on the other lp that's going to be released in a couple months here <laughs> because drain is awesome i told you there's nothing Nothing that they've done so far that dissuades me from listening to them and seeing them live. Hey, that a new album, new tour. All right, come back to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, Weekend Kids, they're from Rose City up there, uh, Portland. So they didn't have to go too far to do Crash Fest. I'm glad they were there. They were great. Uh, I think some of the band members might be from California as well, but they're from Portland. Uh, the band's name comes from a track from Bobber Wonderland, the band Bobber Wonderland's first album. They had a track called Weekend Kids. Well, that's the name of this band. And the start of this band was the band being kind of like a reunion slash uh, tribute band to Bobber Wonderland. But uh, as time went on, the band decided to make some of their own tracks. So they've done, at the set that I saw, they did a lot of Bobber Wonderland stuff too, but they did their own stuff. And I like Bobber Wonderland, cool band. Uh, on this particular EP that we're going to play, Li The Life We Chose, again, I said it came out on July 29th. I didn't get my hands on it until, uh, like, November. Maybe it was end of October. Anyway, end of the year, uh, 
right now, as far as I can tell, it's not digital anywhere. You're going to have to buy the hard copy. I've got it right here, and uh, excited to play it, excited to play a track off of it. Uh, we're going to play one of their originals, though, on the EP. They did release three tracks. One of the tracks, Big Mouth, is actually a cover of Bob Wonderland. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the band, uh, Weekend Kids, they do feature members from Bobber Wonderland, but also All Worked Up and Rum Rebellion. All are great bands. All Worked Up, the release that those guys put out is really great as well. Big fan of that band, so not surprised. I'd be a big fan of the stuff that they're doing here. Uh, off of The Life We Chose, we're going to play a track called Life We Chose. So the EP's called The Life We Chose, but the song is simply Life We Chose. So let's get into it. Enough talk. Here's music.
I like that song. Killer. Right? <laughs> they were awesome live. Uh, if you get a chance to see them, definitely go see Weekend Kids. And you should go over to LSM Vinyl, which is over on Pirates Press Records, and you can get yourself a copy. All right, cool. <laughs> cool. Get it before they're gone, man. <laughs> right? We were just talking about that. And speaking of... Uh, there's another release that's over on LSM Vinyl that you can go find over at Pirates Press Records, and you can get this 7-inch as well. The band is The Buzzers, and The Buzzers are from Vancouver in B.C. I thought it was The Buzzards for a minute. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that would have been a cool name for just some, like, uh, uh, some rustic, like, uh, southwestern folk-infused punk rock band. Band that would tour with Spirit World. Exactly. <laughs> the buzzards. Mm. Just, like some, uh, just like some weird little mouth harp music. <laughs> Eric, just, there's the name and concept of your next band. Yeah, maybe so. Or, <laughs> yeah, or God forbid, Stu's next band. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, we're just going to go. <laughs> they already did the cowboy punk thing, but yeah, maybe so. they'll revive it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he's got something different and he needs to do it under a different name. But I would say Stu wouldn't. Yeah. Stu had different music and still kept the same name. Yeah, still. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, they went from, just like I said, they went from Space Cowboys to Cowboys from Hell. And judging by what, he's, uh, judging by what he said about his future plans for Spirit World in the future, the next step is probably going to be Cyber Cowboys. <laughs> That'll be awesome. <laughs> looking forward to it. If he is trying to do like an industrial approach, which I'm all for it. If you want to digitize the shit out of Spirit World and give it that, uh, give it that sort of Blade Runner effect, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the buzzers, they're from Vancouver. Uh, on 11-11-22, you know, some of you people missed the opportunity out there. <laughs> it's 11-11-22. They put out a two-track, seven-inch, one track being behind, the other one's incoming. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the band, the buzzers are, they were formed in 2018. They released a few tracks, but uh, they went and did proper recordings, as it were, for these two and released them. They're on LSM Vinyl. They're great. We're going to listen to one right now. Let's get into the track Behind from the Buzzers off that 7-inch.
the buzzers that's behind. Not a lot of buzz, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a different kind of buzzing. Yeah, the weird, the weird buzzing, the weird hum you hear from uh, those... From those machines you see in uh, in the factories of like sci-fi movies, right? You know, I guess that's more of a hum. <laughs> <laughs> They're not the hummers. <laughs> hey, yeah. now we're talking. <laughs> All right, check out the buzzers. Check out Weekend Kids, both over on LSM Vinyl. Uh, we're gonna get into one lesser-known track on this episode, just because we got interview. Interview's gonna have a track in the middle, along with tracks around the outside. A lot of cool tracks mm -hmm. we're going to check out with City Saints, so we're going to be getting there here shortly. But, Eric, you've got a lesser-known band. Yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, our interviews are like a sandwich. It's like the, the meat of the sandwich is the interview, but the, uh, yeah, but the songs are the, you know, the, the pieces of bread that hold it together. Well, this interview with City Saints is sort of like a Big Mac. It's yeah. like we got... A, we have a bun in the middle. Except for it doesn't taste meat. like shit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, a sort of a, a good analogy right up until what we, we get into the actual uh, physical ramifications <laughs> of a Big Mac. But the visual for sure. Yeah, visually it makes sense. <laughs> Bread sandwiches for everybody. <laughs> okay. All right, Eric, what do you got? Uh, what have I got? I got a... Well, sort of new track from the L.A. power violence band Zulu. Now, this one was released all the way back in November, but uh, but yeah, I feel like it was. Uh, I feel like it's worth uh, talking about because they have a couple of uh, singles coming out along with this one uh, for their new album slated to be released in. Uh, I think it was March third. Yeah, March third. And yeah, why do I keep forgetting the name? A new tomorrow. Yeah, a new tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, new tomorrow. So, yeah, I never really talked about Zulu on this show, so let's get everyone up to speed. They are bringing mus they bring music around. They are power violence, so it's like music you can groove and mosh to. Nice. Anyway, they started, funnily enough, as a one-man band by their vocalist, uh, Anaya Lay, uh, while he was drumming for Dare. <clears throat> and Dare, they're another, uh, yeah, they're just another straightforward hard hardcore band based out of L.A., and they're pretty fucking... Yeah, they're pretty heavy. <laughs> but yeah, during his uh, tenure in that, he released their first two EPs, Our Day Will Come in 2019 and My People Hold On in 2020. Now, the lyrical subjects include a lot of uh, anthemic statements for uh, black pride and stances against racism, and it's a musically mixed uh, power violence. Well, okay, not musically. Like, the music itself is still power violence, but in the album, it has some end caps of, like, R&B and soul music, just little uh, snippets from those types of songs, and also snippets from uh, uh, speeches of outspoken black rights advocates. Cool. So, yeah, they're really, yeah, they're really laying heavy into uh, what they stand for. And, yeah, as long as the struggle is still there, there's always going to be people who are advocates of said struggle to, uh, to react to it to file complaints about it through music. Right. And they are still doing that here. And the single that I chose was uh, Faking the Funk, You Get Did. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And the song itself is just, uh, it doesn't even reach a minute and a half. 
And it's got, it's just got two verses in there. And the lyrics are very, you know, very succinct, but I get the idea of what they're trying to say. Faking the funk. I mean, you think of, uh, you think of funk music. It is predominantly black. There's a lot of black artists in funk music. And yeah, funk music is great. So great that a lot of uh, other people tried to imitate it. So basically, this is calling out cult- uh, the cultures outside of the black culture uh, with their attempted empathy. Like, oh, I understand what you're going through. Or simply stating that you're not racist because you have a black friend and wear <laughs> them as a sort of badge of honor. You know, it's, and furthermore, expressing their disdain toward people uh, normalizing, normalizing black culture, like white suburban kids acting like gangsters because they heard fuck the police once. All right. And yeah, I should call myself out on that. Me and my friends, we did do that. We, uh, we didn't wear it outside, but we were just in my basement listening to a lot of, uh, listening to a lot of ghetto boys, a lot of, uh, a lot of Ice Cube, a lot of Biggie Smalls, and we think we're so hard because we're listening to that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and even had a stint in, uh, in uh, procuring our own little uh, rap mixtapes. Nice. Yeah, I did that. It was stupid. <laughs> we, me and my friends, we got together, uh, just uh, stole downloaded downloaded beats off of the internet, and we rapped over them, and they were terrible. They were so terrible, but they were so funny. It, and we didn't. We weren't planning on going anywhere with it. We were just a couple of dumb teenagers having fun with music that we liked. But to show you how seriously we did not take ourselves, my MC name was Puss C. <laughs> <laughs> and our first mixtape was called Eat That. <laughs> oh, God, that was terrible. Maybe I'll embarrass myself a little further and play a track on this show, but, uh, but you can't find it. They're not streaming anywhere. Thank God. <laughs> but you can, but they still, I still have the files. They're in my computer somewhere. I'll, I'll probably uh, share some of that with you. But Oh, God, it's cringe. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the task at hand. <laughs> so these comments that I just listed, they are not, they're not listed outright in the song, uh, but they're rather conclusions that I've drawn from their, uh, their broad lyrical statements. Uh, one line in particular is the closing line. It's, everyone wants to be, uh, and we're here, <laughs> till it's time to be. So that's where I get the whole everyone's trying to normalize black culture and make it look cool. It's like, yeah, I want to be, I want to be a gangster. It's like, oh, you're just adopting the image, not the lifestyle. The lifestyle, buddy, you ain't going to survive. Right. <laughs> not with you. Not, not with the attitude you're going at. So, so yeah, here is the latest from Zulu. Well, one of the latest. <laughs> this is Faking the Funk.
Yeah, if you want to uh, catch up on those uh, lyrics, you can you can find them in the little uh, on YouTube. They do a music video for this song. Oh, cool. Yeah, and the music video is just the two singers uh, staring blank face into the camera, just sort of alt alternating who's singing what part. And it's black and white, and that's about it. That's, cool. That's all you need. Hey, sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, and even more so, uh, emphasizing their uh, message. It's like everything I said. All those conclusions that I drew myself, what I can personally feel in the message that they're getting across here. I mean, it's just subject to how hardcore can say so much with very little words. Right. And that's the idea. It gets you to think. Critical thinking. Yeah. I already went on a whole diatribe about that <laughs> a few episodes ago and talking about that certain Minor Threat song. So, yeah, we, I, I refer to you to that episode. But now, but now, yeah, the song says it all with very little. Excellent. That's all, that's all I got to say about that. Look forward to hearing that album. It's uh, just a few weeks away. Zulu kills it. Right on. Uh, also Eric, on Flatspot Records, I might point out. <laughs> that's true. It is. Uh, is that how you came across it, or just? Uh... Uh, yeah, it was because I was uh, looking at Flatspot Records Bandcamp to listen to that uh, compilation. Yeah, to listen to that compilation, and that's when I saw Zulu had new shit out. I'm like, oh, okay. Now we're talking. Let's see what's going on here. That's cool. Yep. So I figure I had to do my uh, due diligence and. Play a, play a song from a band that is extremely progressive and extremely heavy and just all around awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And they'll be going on tour with uh, Show Me the Body in a couple months. Oh, nice. Months. Yeah. And hopefully they are on uh, Salt Lake Stop because that's a, it's a pretty loaded tour. I can't remember exactly who's on it, but I do know that Zulu is on there. Maybe Scowl is too. Cool. Can't remember. But, yep, that's uh, not... That's not now, that is the future, and it's a ways into the future, so let's, uh, let's stick back to the uh, present here with uh, Dustin's pick. I don't have one because uh, <laughs> of time. We, we have an interview, and we're going to get to a handful of City Saints songs, and so in lieu of that, we're going to hop into talking about some live shows. Eric's going to get into his great cover-to-cover -cover album, and then we're going to get into uh, talking about and listening to City Saints for the part two. So, Eric... All right. Did you see any shows? You're not going to believe this. I did not. <laughs> Holy shit. Well. Yeah, a whole week. Though I was intent on going to a show. It was the, uh, the EP release of Narc and Threer. Right. And yeah, it was on Saturday at Kilby Court. And I really wish I would have gone. But, oh, buddy, last week was, uh, was torture for me. <laughs> I was so, I was like busy working my second job. Uh, both Friday and Saturday. Actually, not even Friday. It was, uh, no, yeah, part of Friday and then Saturday. And, buddy, at the end of the day, I was just so fucking burnt out. All I wanted to do was just uh, <laughs> chill. And I did. I chilled with my friend in her basement, and we made patches. Nice. And sewed them on. Cool. So, yeah, I may not have been to a show, but I still did some uh, DIY shit. Nice. I sewed my minor threat patch onto my vest. The one little blank spot in the back, and now I'm like, okay, now I can start putting studs on it. Cool. This vest is so far behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, any live shows that you're planning on going to in the next week, or any live shows you want to talk about, I'll mention some, and then we'll get into the album. Yeah, I got a few live shows to, uh, to plug here. 
I just told you earlier that I'm uh, playing catch-up with all of the uh, shows that have been announced. Right. And one of them is coming up this, uh, I believe it's Friday. The 10th is Friday, right? Correct. Yeah. Newfound Glory is uh, stopping by Salt Lake at the Depot on their Make the Most of It acoustic tour. So if you're a huge Newfound Glory fan, you better be bigger than that because this is an expensive show. Yeah, wah, one, wah, wah. Yeah, one ticket, the asking price, this is before fees, mind you, is $87. $87 for one band. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> and they're not even playing their whole... They're not even using all their instruments, man. <laughs> man, similarly, Off of Their Heads is doing a similar is doing an all acoustic tour and they're also doing like a 20th anniversary tour of their uh oh god what was the album fuck i don't remember the album's name but they are doing something similar with that nice and it's gonna be a lot cheaper <laughs> <laughs> yeah my friend uh at drummer sid she actually booked them a show up in uh y sound and logan cool so yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun show i can't remember when it is but it is in march all right, and uh, anyway, on the 13th, Drugs, that's D-R-U-G-S, with Varials, Callous Dowboys, and uh, 156 slash Silence, don't know what that's about, and Living in Fiction, all playing the sound well, that'll be uh, $22, starts at 6 p.m. On the 17th is my friend Shawnee's birthday show that I put together, and I will be playing it with the Apathetics. Alongside us will be Disengaged, Suffocator, and Simeon. That'll be at Aces High. It is $10, and uh, entry is around 7 p.m., 8 p.m. I told Simeon to go on at around 8.20 p.m., somewhere around there. Cool. Anyway, on the 20th, Unsane is coming to Urban Lounge. Opening up for him is Swarmer, and that's a 21-plus show because it is a bar. That starts at 8 and is $15. And the 22nd got a few different shows here. Um, Sunny Day Real Estate is playing at the Depot at 7 p.m. Um, fortunately, that show is sold out. So oh, if, if you're hearing about this now, sorry. <laughs> Look for a scalper. <laughs> yeah, also sold out, and this one bummed me the fuck out, is Lingua Ignata with, and Chat Pile at Stateroom. I was so bummed to hear that that got sold out. I wanted to see Lingua so badly. But maybe I should... Uh, Maybe I should live by my aforementioned statement and find a scalper. Because <laughs> I want to see Lingua Ignata so bad. Uh, anyway, the other show on the 22nd is uh, it's going to be a sort of metalcore-ish show with uh, Fit for a King, North Lane, Kingdom of Giants, Alpha Wolf Cult. And actually, that's the last band. And that is also at the Depot. And wouldn't you know it, it's also sold out. <laughs> a lot of people are just uh, getting out more, I guess. Hey. Yeah. Don't blame them. Yeah, I'm not going to blame them. And finally, on the 23rd, Bayside and I Am the Avalanche and Koyo is going to be playing the Complex at 7.30 p.m. That is uh, $26 before the fees, of course. So, yeah, those are all the shows that are uh, coming up in the, next, uh, in the next couple weeks. Another one I will be attending is the, uh, uh, the Fight to uh, Metal Fest, something like that. I can't remember what exactly it's called. Um, but I'll let you uh, talk about your shows first, and I'll find the flyer for that. Excellent. Uh, I've got a handful of shows that I'm going to mention here. Uh, first, well, that one's a little far out. This one, though, uh, February 12th, so that's this Sunday. It is Super Bowl Sunday for anybody who gives a shit about the NFL. 
if you don't, well, you can go if you're in California, and this is in Upland, California, at Rock House Brewery. It's a free all-ages event. Live music by Recoil, Broken Cuffs, Rails, Pig Stick, and it's 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Again on the 12th, it is Punks and Junk Flea Market, so you can get out there, and they said that if you do care about the football game, then they'll have the football game playing there somewhere. But if you want to go check out a punk show and you're in Upland, California, you can go do so there. Half Dizzy, we had them on the show not too long ago for the second time, and uh, they are going to be doing a couple shows on February 24th at the Sound Bank in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, February 25th at Jekyll and Hyde's Gastro Pub in Erie, Pennsylvania, and on February 26th at Natalie's Grandview in Columbus, Ohio. So three on that weekend, so you can definitely get out and check out Half Dizzy. And if you missed that interview, you can go back and listen to the interview that we did. Uh, no Consent will be playing with MDC, TV Tragedy, Sick Sense, and Social Habit. It will be at Big Bear Bar and Grill in Big Bear Lake, California on Tuesday, February 14th at 7 p.m., $10 all-ages show. And they'll be doing some shows at Big Bear on the 14th, uh, Ventura on the 15th, San Diego on the 16th, Los Angeles 17th, Pomona 18th, and Santa Ana on the 19th. You can go catch uh, No Consent and MDC on those, that will be in the middle of next week, so uh, yeah, get out there, check that out. And then there will be a festival, Forever Young Festival, on February 10th and 11th. This is, where the shit is this? Derby UK, there we go, and you'll get to see on those days, Red London, The Detained, On the Rampage, Scandal, One Voice, Waste of Ammo, Bull Brigade, Gimp Fist, Kaleko, Erdengak, Knuckle Dust, Collapse, Knockoff, Cran, Crown Court, Takers and Users. A lot of great stuff there. You know, the way you say uh, Cran, it sounds like uh, someone saying crayon and uh, that sort of like a uh, Cran. Cran? <laughs> yeah, and that, I guess it would be a Midwest accent. Hand me that Cran. <laughs> Cran, or maybe just a Deep South. I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but Cran. <laughs> that could be, and I was saying Cran, C-R-A-N. They're a French band. <laughs> yeah, Cran. 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 So those are the shows. Oh, wait, I, forgot. I saved this one for last for a reason. Uh, this one is on February 17th. The Boys from Singapore, but I think they're now based out of uh, somewhere in, the, in Europe, I forget where, but they're originally from Singapore. They'll be playing some shows, but on this specific show on the 17th, they'll be playing with Fatal Blow, City Saints, Bastardis, and Nixda, and that'll be in Hamburg. So go follow any of those bands, and you can get the further details on any of that, but uh, it'll be in Hamburg. Talked about that, and we will talk about that. It was either on this one or the first part of the interview. But either way, it's coming up now, much closer than when we originally did that interview. So that's all I have. We are going to get into Eric's album pick or EP, great EP pick of yeah, the week. It's my great cover-to-cover -cover split EP. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and that split EP, if you didn't catch the hints, not even really <laughs> hints, we just kind of said outright, but maybe you forgot because it was sort of like a... Oh, yeah, by the way, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the uh, three-year and narc split. 
Yeah, two of our home, two of our biggest uh, hometown heroes <laughs> in the heavy genre. One of which covering the metallic hardcore side, and the other covering the power violence side. So let's talk about these bands. Let's talk about Narc. Now, Narc, I've talked about on this show. They've uh, uh, their album that they released, uh, personifying the antithesis of American values. I know it's a fucking mouthful. What were you <laughs> thinking, Spencer? <laughs> what were you? Uh, don't. It doesn't matter. The fact is, the album kicks ass. Made it on my album uh, top album releases in in my 2021 list. And they have since uh, released a new album as of last year, "Waste of Good Suffering," which is also pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, they're. Yeah, a bit of a history on this band. They are a Salt Lake City power violence band. They started in uh, 2020. They're just full of loud, rapid, slamming riffs and, yeah, slamming riffs courtesy of Spencer Anderson and precise drumming from Tyler Barani to match and onslaught of an onslaught of political ideologies drenched in rabid, coarse vocals by way of Emma Anderson. Oh, yeah, she's a... She's wild. <laughs> if you think she's uh, crazy sounding on the album, just see her live. She's just got this gaze. This like, <laughs> looks like she's about to fucking bite you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Such a, such a nice lady. She is so nice. Anyway, yep, it's a, uh, in short, a cacophony of sociopolitical diatribes and stories of personal struggles mixed into its menacing concoction we know as NARC. And both albums that they released, they, they deliver the goods. They have garnered them such reverence amongst their peers, apart from their thunderous performances. And now let's talk about Threer. Threer has been around for a while. They've been around since uh, 2017. And in that time, they released uh, three EPs within a fiscal year. They all came out around uh, 2017, 2018-ish. And that was Benjamin, Part 1, A Proud Family, Part 2, and Love Loss. And uh, Love Lost. <laughs> and from what I can gather, there are uh, references to the sh uh, to the movie Watership Down. I've never seen it, but that's just uh, from the horse's mouth, or rather the the wolf's mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and the songs they're like uh, they're full of struggle and emotional detriment lyrically. And and currently they seem to have disowned those records as they are no longer available on their Bandcamp or the various streaming sites. Wow. So unless you have the physical copies of the CDs, like I do, you're shit out of luck if you want to listen to them. <laughs> I'm not sure why that uh, that they pulled them from all streaming platforms, including their Bandcamp. Not even on like SoundCloud or Reverb Nation. I did a Google search on this. It's nowhere on any of those sites. Not even on YouTube. Wow. I'm like, okay, they really don't want people listening to this anymore. Wow. I'm just like, why? <laughs> I may. I never asked Wolf about this. I'd have to, I'd have to ask him about it because it genuinely confuses me. Okay. But I would wager to say it had something to do with the people that were in this band because he's got a completely different lineup now. Okay. So, yeah, it may have something to do with that. It may have something to do with his uh, personal feelings about it because uh, he is the sole survivor and the instigator of this band. <laughs> he's the one who started it all, and, he's, you know, and he kept it going after those uh, EPs. And, and yeah, as of this decade, he's uh, kept it alive, and he even released another EP called Never Loved Mankind. And that is also not available. <laughs> okay, what the fuck? This is getting really bizarre. <laughs> but he seemed to have, uh, 
He seemed to have done a hard reset on the band, uh, indicting a new lineup, and has officially released in 2021 the official demo tape. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, four EPs in, and now you release a demo tape. So it's almost like he started a completely different band, but kept the name. And that's not the first time he's done that. Remember a couple of years ago, I was talking about his old band, The Infernal? Right. Yeah, which was, uh, which was a band that was composed of uh, uh, some of my high school friends. And they even asked me to join, but I didn't. And then the, then the guitarist got hooked on drugs. The singer uh, just sort of uh, dipped out as well. They never had a bassist. So it was just uh, Wolf and the drummer, my friend Ryan, in that band. So they brought in some other people, they kept the name, and then they just uh, ran with it. Nice. And yeah, Threer is not too dissimilar to the sound of uh, uh, Infernal. Though I think Infernal's better, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Currently, I think Infernal's better. The first three EPs are fucking solid. I really like them, but I'll I'll get into that a little more later. As of right now, they have that demo tape, and just last year, they released their first full length, You Live With What You Create. So yeah, now that we got the history of said bands out of the way, let's talk about the split. <laughs> so yeah, the split is a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a, a stark contrast of each other because for one, uh, Narc is just so fast, fleeting, and they are blunt, and you know they got the their power violence. So it's like a, you know, you think bands like uh, Spaz and ACDC, and then you have Threer, and they are they can be pounding and very. Uh, you know, rabid like that, but they have those uh, sections where they go into a slower, more ambient uh, approach, and that's sort of like a they're sort of like a mix of a mix of converge and verse, like converse. <laughs> now that name has been taken, <laughs> and not by a band, but so yeah, the, so yeah, three are, and and Narc they're working like both ends of the spectrum, and. And yeah, whereas uh, Threer's songs, like if you look on their uh, catalog, I mean, what you can, <laughs> their songs are longer. They go around between five to seven minutes, whereas Narcs are like uh, over in 90 seconds. Right. So, <clears throat> but Threer has done, I guess sort of to even the playing field, uh, shorten the lengths of their songs, just uh, like I said, maybe even it out a bit more. Um, but yeah, I have more on a Threer's songwriting style, but I'll talk to that one. I'll talk about that when I'm talking about the Threer track. First, we're going to get into the Narc track. I don't exactly know what the song is about. You know, they, I have to say, it's probably about something uh, relating to political abuse. <laughs> but the title certainly says, uh, leans on something negative because it's called Coercion. And if you know the definition of coercion, you know it's not something that's good. So, so yeah, we can expect that the song's subject matter may not be good, but the song itself is, in fact, good. Coercion. Yeah, 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 yeah
Oh, damn. Emma, your vocals astound me. It's like, how can a voice of that big and ferocious come out of a package so small? <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, Narc, you guys are fucking killing it. You always do. Nothing but love for you guys. And Threer? Yeah, let's, uh, let's get into talking about Threer. Now, the thing is, Threer, I really loved them back in the day. Those first three EPs, they really blew me away. And I was sort of bummed to see that they were uh, kind of in a lull. I was like, uh, what's going to happen with these guys? But when I saw that they were still doing shit, I'm like, okay, good. And we have an LP in the works. Okay, awesome. And then I listened to the LP when it came out last year. And people were just like singing praises about it. People were going crazy. They're like hailing this as like the, uh, the now flagship record of Salt Lake Hardcore. And I listened to it. I'm like, it's... Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I did not think it was worth all that hype because I listened to it once and I could not pay attention to it. It just didn't, in short, it just didn't grab me. It wasn't like, a, it didn't just jump up at me and just like demand my attention. You know, I was expecting a bit more because I was used to the sound that they had in their uh, EPs. Those had a lot more bite to them. Whereas this EP, I could hardly tell when a song started and when another one began. Here's my reason why. For one, the vocals, they are the same throughout. As I said earlier, they do go into those uh, softer, more ambient approaches, and their singer, um, ah, fuck, I forgot his name, um, but their singer is doing the same vocal style, just these sort of like uh, uh, tortured screaming or not even really screaming just yelling like oh! <laughs> you'll hear it when it's uh when we play the song here and i'm like well shouldn't you like uh mix it up a little bit <laughs> and the other thing is all the songs they started the same they started just really slow and really soft and then it goes really fast and really heavy and then it just sort of goes back into these weird uh melodic with these really strange uh off-kiltered beats like uh like i said they're it's uh, pretty reminiscent of Converge. And then the melodic parts just remind me of the likes of uh, Modern Life is War or the aforementioned verse. Okay. So, so, yeah, but it kept doing that. And I'm like, I'm okay with it, but the songs are so long. Like I said, they're like <laughs> five to seven minutes. And I was just, you're really going to hold me for this much, but you haven't really grabbed my attention. I'm sorry, Wolf, but dude... <laughs> This album was just not for me. A lot of people loved it, and that's fine. I more respect the idea behind it and the structure. It's like all the pieces are there, but it's just when you put all the pieces together, it's like, yeah, it makes a solid structure, but it's okay. It's like <laughs> I've seen it before, or it's like it's not enough to really just sort of uh, – it's not enough for me to warrant a second look. But I did. I gave it a second chance. I was listening to it on the way here. And yeah, there were some parts that really did grab me in the first uh, third of the album. But that was the thing, the first third. When I'm going in fresh and I'm just like, all right. And you got my attention for this much. And then I'm like, oh, there's a whole other... Uh, <laughs> two thirds? <laughs> there's a whole other two thirds of this shit. <laughs> yeah, again, I'm sorry. I just am strictly voicing my opinion on this. I don't get the hype around it. I did not... I did not feel the same way as most other people did. And considering how they appear, how they 
how they present themselves live. These guys are fucking wild. <laughs> they are just like moving all over the place. The singer whose name I still can't remember. I read it today and I fucking forgot. He uh, just jumps up on the rafters. He's hanging from the fucking beams, just yelling his damn lungs out. So they are great to see live. On the album, <sighs> stick with the live performance. I'm sorry. If you want to get the full effect, it's, there's just nothing jumping out at, jumping out at me. It, it feels like uh, something is missing there. You know, it's like you put all the pieces together and the canvas is still blank. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not blank, but it's just unfinished, it feels like. I feel like if it were, <clears throat> if uh, some of the sound was, uh, you know, going up and down a little bit more instead of uh, keeping the same sort of flat rate, that's what it felt like to me. We, we could have had some, something extremely phenomenal here. Or maybe LPs are just not a Wolf's strong point. <laughs> His uh, EPs, like I said, they're fucking great. And yeah, speaking of EPs, let's talk about the split EP. I think that the lengthy uh, song structure works to their detriment, but they shortened it down, way down, to like one-fifth the size of their usual, uh, of their usual caliber. <laughs> and yeah, it still, it still hits. It's got that former bite in there that I was looking for. And maybe it's because I don't pay attention <laughs> for that long. I get uh, disinterested really quick. I don't know, but I can still, this is like pot calling the kettle black because I have written long songs. So most of Anonymous's songs go about on average five to six minutes. So, But hey, at least I know how to hold an audience. <laughs> and I do mix it up a little bit. I will say that we have some short songs Fox Hunter's only over a minute long. <laughs> but that's sort of the thing. It's like you got to keep the audience guessing. And this album didn't keep me, their album didn't keep me guessing. So this one, where it's like a more short and to the point, I'm like, all right, this is actually, this is actually stronger. This actually jumps harder. This actually bites harder. Jumps higher, bites harder. There we go. So the song that I'm choosing here, the one that's, uh, Closes out the whole EP. This is the last one you'll hear on their uh, band camp. This is Medicine Chest. Yeah, that's 
that's better. <laughs> For me, that's better. If you love, if you love uh, the rest of Three Years Catalog, more power to you. I think that's great. You know, and uh, and yeah, I will tend. I will still be listening to my little uh, compact discs of the. Uh, I guess a former Three Year. <laughs> this is Three Year Part Two. And also on that note, I gotta say the title of their LP, "You You Live with What You Create." I'm like. Yeah, Wolf, we, you are living with what you created, so why are you hiding it now? <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm sure he's got his reasons. I just, uh, I'm not going to speak for him. I'm not even going to start, but again, it would be a lot nicer, at least for me, to listen to it of a more, you know, in a more convenient setting. Because <laughs> my CD player in my car doesn't work anymore. <laughs> So what do I have to do? Just uh, download the files to my phone? I guess I gotta do that. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> so yeah, the, but there you are. There is Narc. There is Threer. Two of Hardcore's uh, biggest names locally right now. Well, actually, Narc, they're fucking, they're busy as hell. Yeah. Come to think of it, I've mentioned them so many times on this show, but not because I was talking about their music, mostly because I was plugging a show that they were playing. And that has happened, uh, I want to say... 20, 30 times now, <laughs> ever since I started actually paying attention to what shows were happening. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's, just another, uh, that's just another bit of, not even another bit, another feather in both bands' respective caps having shared an EP together. And yeah, it's a great EP. You'll listen to half of it here. You'll listen to the other half on their band camp. Right? right, support right. the bands. Support the band. And on and on another note, I found the other sh- the the show that I was going to be attending in uh, uh, Friday and Saturday this weekend. It's the uh, Metal Battle, the Battle for 2023 Wacken, yeah, Wacken Open Air. I'm like, does this is this means like the uh, winner of the band is going to be a shoe in at the Open Air Festival out in Germany? I don't know. I will not confirm that. But wow. It just seems a little, that seems a little specific a title for a show for it to not be that. So, um, yeah, that's going to be February 10th and 11th. The 10th will feature the bands uh, Always Too Late, uh, Wicked Temple, Suffocator, Sacrilegion, and Insipidus. The 11th will have Blood of Lilith, Seeking Tragedy, Bone Storm, Debrider, Recidivist, and Deathblow. That's a $5 show for uh, each night. And, yeah, Aces High Saloon, doors are going to be at 5, because it's going to be a pretty long show. And it's going to be a fun show. I'm hoping it's a fun show. There's a lot of great bands on here. And, yep, go to it if you want to If you want root for people to go to Germany. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So, yeah, now I'm, now I'm done. Let's let somebody else talk. Maybe some uh, Swedes. <laughs> Right? Let's get into that uh, interview. We're going to play a couple tracks. We're going to talk more about these tracks on the episode. Uh, We're going to lead with a track as we do, followed by the interview. And then I will interrupt the interview in the middle somewhere, and we're going to throw another track in. And then when the interview wraps up, we'll play a third track. And this is three from the 14-track side of the Swedish side of the 24 tracks of the double LP. Yeah, of the double interview. Uh, of the double interview, yes. Yeah, but we're really going all out with this one. <laughs> we sure are. 
a two-part interview. The second part has three tracks. We have the English side and the Swedish side. This is like a this is like a saga it's at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next chapter in the saga is the track Jagfall. Ja Faller. Hopefully I'm saying that right. <laughs> J-A-G-F-A-L-L-E-R. Jagfaller. Uh, maybe. Uh, the album again, Punk and Roll Double LP. We talked a bit about it on the first interview. We'll talk more about it, and we'll talk about these tracks. We'll get to those other tracks. We'll let uh, Stefan and Gabriel do the talking on behalf of the band. Thank you for tuning in to the interview. I like it a lot. Let's get into it. Here we go with Jachfaller. Som sker Jag faller längre ner 
All right, joining me again, Stefan Gabriel from City Saints. Thank you for joining me for part two. We can talk more about the double LP punk and roll. Thank you for being here, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Great to have you. Uh, let's kind of let's pick up where we left off. So we were talking about the album on the first interview, and on the first interview, we played tracks and kind of talked about some of the tracks that were on the English side. Well, let's get to the Swedish side. The Swedish side's the more than 50%, right? 14 tracks out of 24. We didn't really cover a lot as far as discussing those. So let's discuss a couple tracks. Maybe tell us a, a favorite track. Uh, I heard that you played the song uh, Lördag. Yes. Some, uh, some shows back. And actually, it's, it's, in English, it's called Saturday. So it's Saturday and we're just singing about the weekend and waiting for the weekend so we can go out and live when the weekend comes. So that's that's about... You, you're dead five days a week and then there's this little window where you can have some fun. You know? <laughs> uh, Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturdays. So uh, we just wanted to do a song that celebrates a life <laughs> going on uh, these two, two the days. And uh, the song, uh, the song "Nai Nai Nai" is actually "No No No," and uh, we talk about uh, about some psych uh, mental issues. mental issues that you have to stand up and try to uh, work against these issues and try to come out on the other side as get back up on the horse again, get, get back on your feet. So yeah. uh, some of the songs are maybe a bit more deep. Yeah, and some of the songs are uh, party party lyrics. Yeah, we have uh, one song called uh, "Prata inte med hatmannen," translated uh, "Don't speak with hatred in your mouth," and um, it's about um, parenting. You know, uh, being a good role model to your kids and stuff like that. So we have an expression: uh, "Don't talk with food in your mouth." And food rhymes with hatred in Swedish. So it's uh, kind of a, yeah, it, it fits the song. So uh, we have some, some pretty serious topic yeah. this time. As, as older you get, you have to talk more uh, about r- real issues sometimes. So we, we, can't, we can't do 24 songs just about drinking beer and having a good time. So <laughs> we have to drink water sometimes too, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got to drink water sometimes. And if you made that many tracks, everybody would want to hear all of those tracks nonstop while they're drinking. But uh, while the show's going on or while we're, you know, in the comfort of wherever we listen to people's music, uh, it's nice to be able to hear other things besides the one after the other, uh, you know, on maybe one topic. Yeah. yeah. So Null Control, that was uh, a single that was released prior to the album coming out. Tell us a little bit about that one. It is always uh, always very hard to pick a single because you you're always wrong. So it seems in a way. So <laughs> maybe we picked the wrong track again. We don't know. But uh, this was uh, one song that uh, immediately got us um, all in the band. We like the song, and that is pretty rare. Uh, we we used to have uh, you know different tracks that are uh, favorites to to. Uh, between us but uh, this time we all agreed on this this null tolerance um no 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 control it's no, no control yeah. yeah it it was one of the first songs in swedish we did for the album i i believe and uh, it's it's about 
when you go out and you drink too much and you lose all your control and end up in in the drunk tank or end up getting beaten up or you know that you get no control and uh, a typical uh, Friday, <laughs> <laughs> typical Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that uh, song should be song. the one that follows the Saturday song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We we hear that a lot from uh, from fans when we ask them which which song is their favorite. We we get so many answers, you know, so many different answers. Some some people like that one, some that one, and I, th- there is not just one song that everybody likes, and the rest is just like uh, you know uh, fillers. So uh, I I I really like that because uh, uh, I I want people to. To like uh, di- uh, different songs, not just one song and, and the rest, you know. It's kind of strange because on the last album, uh, På Svenska, we had a song called uh, Karma. And that song we all in the band believed in. We, everyone thought it this is going to be a hit, hit song. Yeah. But Wembley, here we come. <laughs> 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 Other songs, like uh, we, we had a Swedish song that we didn't believe in that much. And uh, it seems like everyone except us liked, liked it instead. Uh, it's called... Uh, we didn't hate it. No, we, we wouldn't put it out. But, uh, <laughs> it was not our... Um, it's, our co- it's called Tvär. And also a song called Enade. Two songs that we didn't believe in when we listened to them when they were ready in the studio, but we see mm. everyone asking asking us to play them now after. So you don't know which songs are going to be uh, hit songs or, or popular on the po- popular. Or, yeah. yeah, it's it's so it's, it's it's hard. It's hard to tell. I think we we're gonna have to wait at least three or four months before we can. Choose which which songs on this records record uh, or uh, records are going to be uh, popular yeah. on our set list. Yeah. How does that make you feel think- as a, as a band? Then so uh, those are a couple tracks that you might not specifically be like, oh, these weren't the best. Uh, great tracks, nonetheless, because otherwise you wouldn't have included it. But uh, people are requesting those ones, but for the band, at least initially, that wasn't a thought like, hey, yeah, we'll include these on the set list. Now I'm sure you're thinking, all right, maybe at least sometimes we're going to play those because people are asking about it. But how does that make you feel as, for you, maybe those are probably three groups, the songs that are probably not going to make it to live lists, the songs that might mix in sometimes and not others, and then your regulars. And so for you, that was on that far list that's probably not going to make it onto those live lists, but now you're getting requests for it. So for the creators of the music and the ones that are going to play it for entertainment for all of us coming to watch you, how does that make you feel? Well, uh, first times I was uh, quite surprised because I was wrong all the time, but uh, <laughs> I'm getting used to it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> nowadays it's just, uh, I think this is a shit song. So uh, a shit song for me is a hit song. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I uh, personally I don't uh, I like them all because they wouldn't be on the album, right? Otherwise, so I don't really. It doesn't matter so much to me uh, which song uh, people like or or um, not like that much. 
uh, I'm ready to play them all live. But but one song that I didn't felt was good enough. You know, when you when you write a song, and actually me and Gabriel did some demo recordings of. We have done demos of all the songs before we record them in the studio, and one song was street punk rock and roll. We really liked it from the beginning, but I didn't. I don't think it ended up as good as it should have been. But it seems like people are liking it. I, I think this is a, a common issue for bands when they when they do uh, demos. They they always uh, seem to seem to care a lot about some demo songs uh, more than uh, when they come out on the record. They think, ah, this is not uh, as good as the demo was. I, I think it's a typical band thing. Yeah, it happens every band that uh, they do some songs better on the demo, but it, it turned out good and people like. Like it, yeah, so. yeah. I've talked to bands before, and I, I've heard people say that. And there's those people that are perfectionists, and so at some point, you have to put it out, right? If you work it forever and it never sees the light of day, I guess, then you can't do much. But I think that playing the the music in live shows, you get to maybe make some of those tweaks or make a some smaller changes or something like that, right? Because you're probably not yeah. going to play. The song identically to how it was recorded, especially you know, one year, five years, ten years down the road, that song probably isn't going to sound exactly the same as that day that you recorded it. No, no, that that's a very good thing about playing live because you can always, like you say, tweak some uh, stuff in there. Because sometimes you're a bit in a hurry when you are recording as well, and you some month later you can. You can listen to the album and uh, go, ah, shit, I should have done this instead. Now you can live every every single night live. You can do that special thing you want to do on guitar or that fill on the drums or or, or whatever. And that that will make the, the uh, song more special when you play it live. Yeah. And actually, we, we started doing uh, demo recordings of this of these two albums, I think, three years ago or something like that. So we have... We maybe we had fifty songs for these albums, but we ended up with twenty-four. But we did lots of recordings, and we we tested out we tested different studios. I think we recorded in three different studios just to just me and Gabriel, wow. Gabriel playing bass guitar and and guitar, and me playing drums and singing. So we did kind of recordings just to s- see what studio we liked. And that was uh, sense duo, <laughs> duo version. <laughs> we always does this because uh, Robin, who is the drummer, he he lives twenty five miles from Gothenburg, so he have quite a uh, car ride. So we don't rehearse that that often, and um, so that's why me and Gabriel always do when the, the song is ready when the other guys hear it, and then maybe call he he does. Uh, he changed the bass lines, and Robin changed the way I play on the drums. But the finished product is nearly ninety percent finished when when the other guys hear it. Yep. So we you talked about those couple tracks from Pasvenska. So what would those tracks would you guess might be on the new L or double LP? So what I mean by that is you had a couple tracks that 
were, were good enough to be on the album, but not maybe the ones you thought would be the, the favorites, and then people start requesting those. Do you have any guesses right now what those track or tracks could be off of the new double LP? Uh, on, on the Swedish side? Yes. We have already played, I think, four or five songs live, but we have a couple of tracks we know that this song we're never going to play live, N never, ever. And one of those songs are uh, Mondog's Blues, Monday Blues. And that's because I sing a duet uh, with uh, the singer from, uh, I sing a duet with uh, Martin Hellgren from the Lyckliga Kompisen, a, a legendary punk band. And they're playing kind of fast Skate punk. We have we have something called skate punk in Sweden, or trallpunk. And this song reminds me a bit of uh, the Lyckliga Kompisarna, and it's kind of a hard song as well. And uh, so I don't think we're ever gonna do that because it's a duet song yeah. as well. So uh, that's one of. That is, it ends with a uh, blues part, and that might not be. Uh, so popular uh, among <laughs> a lot of punk festivals and stuff like that. So yeah, we have we have some duets we we done in the past, and nowadays Gabriel sings those parts. But I don't think Monday Monday Blues is is a song that will fit our setlist because I, I I can't see it in the setlist. But 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 that's because we have so many songs now. We have nearly hundred songs. Or eighty, I believe, and and that's it's hard to pick to pick songs for the setlist. So uh, I really don't know. We we have one song on the Swedish side that, that I hope is going to be a favorite, and it's called uh, Kakelaka Cockroach Cockroach, and that is song we have played it for maybe two years acoustic, and it works really well when we when we play it acoustic. So I hope it will. For, uh, that people are going to like it and want to hear it electric as well because I, it's a really good song. I believe in it, so uh, I think it's not going to be a hit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I was just listening yesterday and today because I wanted to talk more about the the Swedish track, so I wanted to listen. And uh, you know, I'd heard Null Control. We talked about that, but I heard that leading up to the release, and then. Uh, I picked Lordog because I liked that back uh, a couple weeks ago when I did that episode before we did the interview. And I, I was thinking, you know, even when it comes to my, me doing my best of year list, you know, whatever albums I think are the best, for me it's that day. And I always say it when I'm putting out my list. Like, well, today this is the way it goes because some days I might like some other albums or singles or whatever better. And then on another day, it's like, well, you know what? I like these ones. And so when I was going back through and listening, some other ones that stood out more this time than maybe some of those other tracks, one of those was that track, the Kakerlaka. Yeah. Right? Uh, that was yeah. on that list. And Jagfaller was another one that yeah. uh, on this go around, I was like, you know what? I really like these ones this go around and then on the Vald Fodor Vald uh, I like the little yeah. nod to ACDC that that you did <laughs> in that track <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah we do like ACDC a lot so I do too on, on 
on on every album we ever did we have a small nod to bands we love and uh, on on the posvenska album i shout out to gabriel when he he doing a guitar solo and i shout out to gabriel you're my guitar hero and that's a nod to the clash and we have some small intros like the intro to street punk rock and roll it's acdc yeah so we we do some actually we steal small parts <laughs> but just be, just because we love these bands and we do a, a small tribute to these bands we steal them with love <laughs> <laughs> i think people would be flattered right you, to hear that yeah. what you did was great enough that somebody's like hey i want to throw out a little nod without just writing a song that says Hey, ACDC, we love you. Hey, Clash, we love yeah, you. You yeah. know, you put something like that in the song and it does the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's on the first record, we did a song called Gonna Ball. And in that song, there's a, there's a kind of a, a, part. a part where a, where a, a, where a man shouts out, you, you, want, you want the best punk band in Sweden, blah, blah, blah. And that one we steal from status quo. They always open with with this part before the show, a guy uh, introducing the band. So we we kind of did this in uh, Gonna Ball as a middle part yeah. in, in the song. So we started up right away with the stealing <laughs> parts. <laughs> and we haven't stopped yet. <laughs> We're still still doing it <laughs> but we we are open we are open about it so uh, no hush hush no hush hush <laughs> i like it on street punk rock and roll even though like you said there's probably more you might have wanted to do and i get it, it you, you can't keep writing a song forever i mean i guess you could and when you guys had 50 songs maybe you could have stuck that on the back burner but if it's something that you want to get included at some point you got to say hey here it goes but that was one of the uh, the two songs that I played. So Lord Dog, as we've talked about, but the other one was Street Punk Rock and Roll. I really liked it, but I wanted to play it because I think, just as I said on that last epi- or last interview, is I think that's uh, a, the title of the song kind of defines what your music is. You know, we were talking a little bit about the the style of what your music is. Well, punk and roll is a great description, and street punk rock and roll is what your music is. It's what we do, street punk rock and roll. I think it's a perfect uh, name for the the kind of music we are playing because it's street punk and it's rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Easiest. Easiest. So there were were never a a second thought when we, uh, I think it was maybe Carl that threw in uh, punk and roll, that name for the album. I think, it, it, I think it was me. Okay, it was it was Stefan. We, we talked about because Carl, Carl talked about rock and roll. We talked about rock and roll or something in the veins of rock and roll, and we talked about punk and roll before. Yeah. So I think we had a list of maybe three three different titles or something. There, there was never a real doubt. About it. It was just uh, everyone liked it. Yeah, so, yeah. It was punk and roll it is because it, as you say, it describes our music so good. It, it really does. Not the titles have to be put on something, but you know, when you go talk to somebody, uh, somebody's interested in the style of music you're interested in, 
but they haven't heard anything, then it's like, hey, well, I listen to City Saints. Well, who are City Saints? Well, they play, and, and then, you know, you fill in the blanks. And in this case, it would be street punk rock and roll. And so people would get a good idea as opposed to, well, they play, they're a punk band. Well, what does that mean? You know, yep. it, 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 describe anybody as a punk band. It, I don't know, it might not do justice because under that punk umbrella, there's so many different styles, and some can be on so many opposite ends of the spectrum, and some people can take those that are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, you could take ska, and you take hardcore, and then people are playing something called ska core. Now we, now we get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think every band says that, I, that they don't want to have this label on themselves. You know, don't, don't call us this or that, you know, but we all like to know... Uh, as a band also we we like to know what other bands are are doing what kind of music they are doing so so we all uh want some kind of some kind of description of of a band before we hear it i think yeah right and uh, as as you said the punk can be so diverse it's black flag is a punk band green day is a punk band buscocks is a punk band and and they all sound so different Right. So that, that's it. It's it's better to call yourself street punk rock and roll or a punk and roll band. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, it's like uh, the Swedish death metal band Entombed. They playing death and roll, and that's kind of the same because they have some boogie in the in their uh, death metal sound. So uh, I think we got it from there. Uh, death and roll, punk and roll. Yeah. yeah. I like it. That's not saying we're a death death metal band, but <laughs> but we like but we like Entombed. That's they're a great band, and Elgi Petrov is dearly missed. He, he died in cancer two or three years ago, or two years ago, and he is dearly missed in Sweden or all over the world. Yeah, actually, right. Well, as we talked about on that last episode, uh, some of the the stuff that you guys grew up on, blues and and such. Eric and I and Chris, who started doing the show with me almost six years ago, uh, it was based off of an H2O song, but it's, you know, you don't have to, just because you listen to punk music doesn't mean you only have to listen to punk music. You know, so many of us grew up listening to something else because we choose to listen to punk music is different than listening to other things. And so we do what were, the H2O song defined it as guilty pleasures. But, you know, being a, if you're a punk fan, and I'm doing that in quotes, well, a guilty pleasure could be so many other things. And that's what we end all of our shows on. So we listen to a, a lot of other things. And though the podcast is about punk music, that last little bit, we're always talking about something else that's not punk. Just as yeah. you guys described on the last show, blues, now you're talking about a death and roll, death rock and roll type band, you know. But you listen to them. We were just talking about ACDC. You know, none of those yeah. bands are specifically a punk sound. Some of those might have punk attitude in tracks or, you, you know, some of the stuff that we're talking about. Some of the stuff that we, we play on the show is punk adjacent. You know, alternative music is some of the music that yeah. I'm starting to... I listen to some of that alternative music that came out in the 90s. And it's punk adjacent, but it was its own sound. It's not punk whatsoever. So I think that it's... There's definitely nothing wrong with listening to those type of, you know, whatever. It would be very boring just listening to punk. Right. 
I love punk. I listen to punk every day, but I also listen to soul and hard rock. And the same with Gabriel. We listen to Sam Cooke or uh, Aretha Franklin and or, or newer bands like uh, Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, Up, upcomers. <laughs> no, man, there, there are lots of good bands from the, from Sweden, like Ghost. It's a it's a rod, not new band, but new popular music so we listen to everything and we we take influences from every kind of genre as well and that's uh, and that's the way the city this it saint sound evolves and and uh, even when you take uh, for instance if you if you listen to kraftwerk the synth music from germany kraftwerk and you uh, you take that in, and out comes uh, City Saints anyway from the guitar. So you, you draw inspiration from uh, uh, every corner of, of the music uh, industry, and every every band, and every uh, Duran Duran, for instance. I, I had one song that I listened to uh, quite a lot, and and uh, I think maybe I did something to City Saints with that idea. Yeah, and so out comes City Saints in a lot of stuff, you know, but. Sometimes maybe Gabriel comes with a bass line, and it could be a bass line from from a reggae song or a, a ska song, and we we uh, just put it in a pot and uh, yeah, and out come and out comes a punk and roll song. So, uh, and actually, Gabriel is the expert on doing songs on nursery rhymes <laughs> and children's songs. <laughs> <laughs> this, this this is true, but. We we maybe have five or six songs that that small kids really really like. Yeah. A, a friend of mine he he all, always send me clips with his uh, with with his uh, with his kid singing G O T E B U L G or you just da 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 children's song yeah? yeah and so we have many many fans. Who is maybe two or three yeah. years old? It's <laughs> of two to five. <laughs> our biggest, uh, our biggest fans are uh, from two to five. Some between that. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a period with uh, a lot of nursery rhymes um, kind of songs. So um, yeah, <laughs> but sometimes I, I think it's really good when 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 small kids like your music, like like the toy dolls. Toy Dolls is one of my favorite bands, and they—I uh, think they started band in '79, and they never did a song with any swear words in. Because Olga, the singer, he 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 told me, not me, he told in an interview that how oh, many many children are, are listening to my music, so I don't want to sing about violence and something. And I think. What do you say? It's a good, uh, good moral. Or? Good moral. Uh, in we're not a band singing about fighting and uh, sometimes, but well, we want everyone to relate to our music, even two or three years old. But if if, if you listen to a good punk rock song, there is always a sing along chorus or a part in the song, <laughs> something uh, that is uh, that got you hooked from the start. And it's just the same with uh, with children's songs, with yeah. all nursery rhymes. It, you get hooked right <laughs> away. It's that happy vibe, you know. Yeah. So it's it's not that far away, you know. No. Right. <laughs> 
That, that could be a music video for you in the future. You have a bunch of two to five-year-olds just dancing, just doing a little circle, circle pit, <laughs> dancing to a pretty safe song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a wall of death with two-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get plenty of them that are just barely walking, just kind of wobbling around. They don't even have good balance yet, and then going after it. <laughs> That was a really, that was a really good idea. <laughs> yep, good idea for yeah. We might use that one. Definitely someday, should. Someday. Definitely should. I can't wait to see that video. <laughs> <laughs> I am interrupting this interview at this moment for a very special announcement. We are going to play another track, another track from Punk and Roll. This one is Pratinte Merat. In Munin, and I'm sure I screwed that up. I apologize. We're talking about it during the interview. We're gonna listen to that song now and then get back to more of the interview. Prata inte med hat i munnen 
All right, I've got a series of follow-up questions. Let's see if I remember them all. First, on the job, they just released a uh, Tracks Revisited. It reminded me uh, when we were talking about uh, street punk rock and roll and, and then maybe how you can perform some of your songs that have been around for a while. You know, and maybe different circumstances for On The Job since they, the band kind of had a break for a bit before they got back together and they start putting out music. But they re-recorded some of those earlier songs and they are noticeably different. They're not completely different, but there's, they're noticeably different. Is that something that you guys have thought of? And probably not. I mean, if you had 50 tracks and you put about half of them on an album, you probably have plenty of moving forward to do. But is that something that is intriguing to think back to some tracks in the early days and maybe you're performing them different enough at this point? It'd be like, hey, yeah, maybe we would go back and track, I think they had seven uh, tracks that they re-released yeah. that, that just came out this past fall. But, I mean, those tracks were originally recorded about when you guys were recording your first album. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to re-record any songs. Uh, yeah. I know the guys we have played with uh, on the job for uh, many times. But, and I think they got their own studio, so they don't have to pay for the recordings. And for us, we have to pay for the recordings and we rather do some new songs instead of recording old old songs. And I don't think we ever can find the. the I don't think a, a song called a song like "Kicking Ass" for the working class or "Rude Boy Rock and Roll" will be any better. No, and I, I think it's it's um, a bit of the charm with the with the old songs that they are like they are. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to go into them uh, uh, this day because they are they are already done, and that's that's a, a charm about that. I think so. We 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 rather spend our money on uh, creating new materials. Yes. And, 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 and why on the job did, did this is I think because they have changed the whole rhythm section for uh, for the band. It's only uh, Masse and uh, Christopher, the guitar player and the singer, left from the origin original band. So okay. uh, maybe they, they did it because they have a new sure new band. But but yeah. City Saints have it's always been Gabriel, me, and Carl from the beginning. So on and on all the records. So I don't think. <laughs> And I don't think uh, Robin would like that as well, recording the old songs. I don't think so. So, uh, but if someone would uh, pay us to do yeah. it, maybe we... <laughs> you, know, you never know, In uh, we might be here in 50 years. <laughs> and we will have this conversation again. And we might, oh, maybe we do go on a ball again, or uh, slip a Joe or something like that. But uh, not in, I can see it in the... Near future no. or like 20, 30 years from now. No. Then, then in case, maybe we do it live in the studio. If we've done that kind of recording and we do a completely live album in the studio. But no, no. We, we, we rather do new, new songs instead. Well, when you come to Utah, whenever that happens to be, you, you come record with me for free. And you can record okay. any of them again. <laughs> then we do it. <laughs> it's and, a deal. It's a deal. 
Uh, I don't think you need to. Definitely wasn't suggesting that you need to. Just wondering if you ever had those ideas about a song, and it doesn't have to be about any of the classics, just, you know, something that's come and gone, you know, and maybe you won't even think that anymore about street punk rock and roll after you play it. Like, now we like it the way it is. There wasn't something left behind that we might have if we had more time. Sometimes there are songs that you're not completely satisfied with, but I don't know... I don't know if we're ever going to get back to these songs anyway. So uh, another band that we recorded some songs are the Perkele from Gothenburg, Sweden. Right. But they are playing more heavy metal now and they've done a more heavy metal sound. And in their case, I can understand it, why they are re-recording and doing some more heavy metal riffing on the songs. But I don't know. Well, you guys are consistent, and that leads me to the next thing that I wanted to talk about. I'm showing one, because I, I was talking about the hard copies I have. I think we talked about the, the great thing about vinyl, you know, the artwork and such. That logo, you know, it's, it, when, when you use something like that all the time, it becomes synonymous, you, you know, and I'm yeah, showing yeah. The, the skull. Uh, if that was on a shirt and it didn't say City Saints, any City Saints fan would see this and say, that's City Saints, right? So yeah. it's, in a way, it's almost marketing for the band. Uh, but where did you come up with this? It's on uh, all your releases. Uh, it's on merchandise and stuff like that. And I think you did a great job. Again, for me, anytime I would see this, it's... In my mind, regardless of if it says City Saints like this on the top, I would know that City Saints. And so it's done its job, at least for me, because as soon as I see it, it's instantly recognizable. Just like uh, Coca-Cola or McDonald's or, you know, any of those really big things that are all over the place. You see their logo, you know it. Well, I know that for City Saints. Where did you guys come up with that? (laughs) It it was uh, actually you that... Uh, came up with a logo i i wanted a logo that uh, you know when you see the motorhead logo or the ramones logo you know you i wanted a round logo when you when you see it you you know directly what band it is and uh, so i started to just drawing some skulls we always like skulls and bones and yeah. baseball bats and cool things when you're 15 <laughs> or <laughs> so uh, I did a, a drawing and a guy called Jonas Sederholm. Sederholm. A Swedish designer. Yeah. Help, help, help me with the kind of arrangement. and uh, But we, we had the logo before we had the band, actually. So, uh, But it was the idea. When, when you see the skull, you, you directly know it's City Saints. And it's good to have the, a logo that everyone knows because I, I think we sell more t-shirts than LPs. <laughs> and it seems to work. Yeah. Because you, uh, you instantly, uh, when, you, when you see the logo, you instantly think of us or right. just a skull, you know. And uh, so it seemed to work. I, I think so too. You know, and I'm showing it's not very good for the purposes of radio, but, y- you know, a very focal point there on the... LP, and then in the middle of both of these EPs, and uh, even a version of it, even though maybe not identical, here on Weekend EP. But what you guys did is 
you kept consistent, but on punk and roll, it was more subtle. It wasn't the, the focal point of the, the album artwork, but it was there. In, you know, so you know that it, it's that consistency, it's City Saints, but at the same time, you're not relying on your logo being the, the focal point of all your artwork or yeah. know, those things associated with it, which is really cool. Maybe the next record we have the the skull back on the on the cover again. I don't know, but uh, I this was a test to see if people uh, still recognize us. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting the every band that has been around uh, for some years, you know, they they seem to they tend to do the logos uh, smaller and smaller. Yeah. Um, and in the end, you, you still know they are like the stones. Or so we are the new stones. <laughs> but maybe next time, maybe maybe next time we only have the, the skull on, on the cover and not the name. And, and no songs. And no. <laughs> yes, the skull. Yes, the skull. No songs. It'll be your black album. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> It'll just be subtle, kind of in the background, tilted in the light and... Uh, it's reflective and you can see it there, but you tilt it another way and it's just black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe it's uh, time to give it a name someday, like yeah. uh, Motorhead did, and uh, you know. Yeah, yes, um, yes. The, the album is called Sit Saints. I mean, yeah. I mean, the self titled the, the skull. Uh-huh. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, the symbol, the skull, the logo. Right. So uh, maybe you have an idea of what we can call the skull. Like Iron Maiden has Eddie yeah. and uh, and Dick uh, um, Rattlehead, yeah. so we don't so, know what so we're going they, to. They are taken, so you can't come up with that. One. If you have an idea, so I, th- I think the skull is called Dave. Dave, Dave. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a Poor suggestion. Dave. I didn't have one. So Dave, it was fantastic. your neighbor before. <laughs> Dave the skull. <laughs> Dave the neighbor. <laughs> before we wrap up. I want to ask just some more like rapid fire questions. So are either of you doing any side projects? You guys have been together in a band for over 10 mm-hmm. years. Do you do other things together that aren't exclusive to City Saints? I think we kind of talked about that on the last episode where, you know, City Saints has a sound. And when you guys all get together and you put music together, it comes out and it's a City Saints sound regardless of what it is. But you probably have other interests and other influences or other things that you want to do are there other things that either of you are working on or working on together yeah we have uh, we have uh, different bands i have a band called satanic overdrive a rock and roll band we have released one record so far and we are uh, recording the next record now and uh, stefan you have two other bands yeah i, I have uh... With Arild, who uh, he's he's the fifth member of uh, City Saints, Arild Hansen. He have uh, come with us and played guitar, and uh, he he played bass bass guitar as well in the band. And we also have uh, written some songs with Arild. But I have a band called Bastardes. You can't get enough. Of <laughs> no, <laughs> you have a band as well yeah. with them. <laughs> but a punk rock band called Bastardes, and I also have a. A Ramones, a Ramones tribute band, but singing in in Swedish, so uh, called Outsiders. But we are the only people in the band who have uh, other other projects. Carl is a writer, so he writes for Sweden Rock Magazine, and uh, and uh, Robin has 
a full-time uh, job just playing drums with Sid Saints. So uh, I'm glad that you had there those you other outlets. Definitely, we'll look forward to playing more of those. Uh, I know Outsiders are going to be releasing something soon, so looking forward to playing something from that. What better way to hear the Ramones than in Swedish, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from each of you, or if you agree on the same band, who's a recommendation? You know, one of the great things I love doing about the podcast is coming across bands, putting them out there, and then hearing back from people. Hey, I've never heard of that band. Thank you for playing them on the show. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Are there any Swedish bands that we should be checking out? Except uh, Bastardus and uh, <laughs> Satanic Overdrive. Yeah, <laughs> on top of those. Okay. I am kind of a retro man, so uh, I listen mostly on old music, but sadly. But uh, do you have any suggestions? I can. Uh, we got a band uh, called The Liptones, a ska punk band from Sweden. I, I think they played 20 years together. They just released a new album, and that's, that is a really good album. And uh, also uh, a new band called uh, Headlines from Sweden, kind of pop punk, yeah. good as well. And Baboon Show is Baboon. a good yeah, band. But Baboon Show, you heard. Yes. Yeah, they've been around, around for quite a while, but yeah. still good. Yeah, still very good. Yeah. Right. They're, they're an arena band. They play huge shows, and Thorsten in Germany – he is the one that turned me on to them. He's uh, a few years back, right after I started doing the show, I'm like, I don't know who this is. And then I start following them and listening, like, wow, they're pretty awesome. And then seeing, I mean, they're, yeah. they're like the headliner of pretty much whatever they play. I think they're really, they're bigger in Germany than in Sweden. Yeah, I think so too. But a really, a really good band. They just released a new album as well. So the Union Rags, another Swedish band, a more street punk sound. With the guitar play from Headlines, I actually think uh, the Union Rags are better than Headlines. But but uh, there are lots of great bands from Sweden, and and uh, On the Job is one of them. Really good band. Old Fashioned Ideas is also a band we played with uh, lots of times. Yeah, there you go. So. As a dream band to play with, we talked about live shows on the last episode. If and you can each pick a band if it's a different band. But if City Saints were to play a whatever show, somebody just comes and says, "Hey, I'm a huge City Saints fan. I'm going to arrange whoever you want to play with, wherever you want to play. Who's on that show and where's that show?" Play, playing with Rancid or playing with Sex Pistols if they ever get back together. I can come along. <laughs> I can do the show as well. So, so count me in if it's Rancid or uh, Pistols. Uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Excellent. Let's go. Or, okay. if a, or if ACDC asked us to yeah. play a couple of shows, we, we, yeah. we, we would think about it. Yeah, <laughs> you would think about it. I think that would be a great show. Yeah. Because we have some ACDC influences in, this, in, the, in the songs, as you can hear. So I think it would not be that far from each other, Cedisians, no. it seems. Or Rose Tattoo, a great yeah. band also. So there are lots of bands we really would like to play with. So there are nearly 80 <laughs> years old. <laughs> uh, that would be great. And so what do you think the future holds for the band? 
Yeah, we have a couple of shows booked in Sweden, and then we go back to Germany for uh, our uh, our ten uh, year anniversary tour. We're planning a tour for a week in Germany in maybe October. Oh, and we also have that uh, Kicking Ass re-release uh, party in Sweden as well, because t- Kicking Ass turns ten, so we're going to have a. a Able, uh, able, yeah, yeah, re- yeah uh, uh, when we release that album on vinyl again, so we're going to celebrate that album in August in Gothenburg. So uh, for now, we maybe have uh, ten or fifteen gigs, but we're we're planning on on yeah, more. More will more. come, I think. More will come. Yeah, yeah. excellent. I, I hope you enjoy all those gigs, uh, playing the new songs. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you here in the future to see. If there were any of those songs that you were like, well, I, surprisingly enough, these are the songs that people are requesting and we didn't expect to put those on the, <laughs> the, the playlist by the end of the year. Uh, one thing <laughs> I want to do before we get wrapping up is because you guys, uh, you know, it is a double LP and the second half is in Swedish. Uh, for anybody who does speak Swedish and is listening to the show, so we'll, let's include something in Swedish. If you have a message maybe about the... 10-year anniversary show of Kicking Ass that you're going to do in Sweden or something that you might want to include? Fortsätt lyssna på Citizens och vi kommer att ses på Musikens hus. Och tack så mycket för all support genom för de här tio åren och hoppas ni hänger med i tio år till. Så tack mm. så hemskt mycket. So uh, Google that. <laughs> I'm going to get right on that once I figure out what letters were in there. well is there anything else that we we didn't cover that we should know about the band no we still want to have some secrets left fair so uh, we can't reveal everything you know so uh, let's talk let's talk again in uh, maybe at the end of the year and uh, we can uh, talk about the album then and see you If we if we still like likes it, uh, and, uh, which song will be uh, um, favorite on the, on the set list? Yeah, right. I want to know that. I want to know what the band will be up to, and uh, we got to talk about the upcoming rebellion at that point. Rebellion 2024. Because yeah. yeah. on the last episode, we talked about you guys will be there, and my goal is to be there so I can come see yeah. you guys in person. Yes, yeah, yes. It would be great. Would be great. Gabriel, Stefan, thank you for joining. Uh, it's been fantastic. I can't wait to do this again. Next time, maybe it'll be uh, beer o'clock. We'll have to line it up on, on uh, one of those days. <laughs> thank you, Dustin. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I look forward to following it and keeping up with uh, the live shows. Looking forward to seeing yeah. the videos and pictures and stuff like that uh, here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
you to Stefan and Gabriel for doing a second interview with us. This is pretty cool. Yeah, for for everything you lovely saints of Sweden do. <laughs> well, that will be uh, country saints, uh, city saints. It's uh, where are they from? Stockholm. Uh, Gothenburg. Yeah, Gothenburg. Yep. Oh, the, the other musically inclined city. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, Gothenburg, the Saints of Gothenburg. Right. They even did Gothenburg City uh, on the English side. Oh, yeah? Yep. Sweet. Punk Rock City, just like Eric said. <laughs> well, very similar sure. to what Eric said. <laughs> yep, very similar, sure. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you again to them. I hope you enjoyed the variety of tracks that we played. You should definitely be checking out Punk and Roll if you haven't already. It's over on Sunny Bastards Records. Uh, had a blast talking with them again. Uh, it was great to do a part two, a two-parter interview like that. Hadn't done one like that. I mean, we've done second or follow-up interviews with bands, but they're usually quite a bit further down the road than mm -hmm. two weeks apart. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's like uh, update interviews, more or less. Yeah. Yes. Sort of like how I come back uh, to, a, uh, to a band I talked about on this uh, show, and I you know, talk about their album, and then we have an interview with them, and then we go into even more detail about that album. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that's going to be awesome when it, when it happens again, which it most likely will. we got things in the works, folks. We do indeed. Uh, thanks again to the City Saints. Go listen to that. Uh, punk Rock and Roll on Punk and Roll. Uh, really dig it. Hope you do too. Thank you for tuning in to all of that part. we got to wrap up the show, and Eric's going to wrap it up with uh, a pick that is a non-punk pick, Eric. What is it? Uh, it's not punk at all. And honestly, I never thought I'd be doing this show long <laughs> enough to be scraping the bottom of the barrel of music from the 80s. But here we are talking about a song from Guns and Fucking Roses. How did you decide to do this? I don't know. <laughs> you know, this okay, reminds no, me I of the, know, the Slash commercial, or uh, I don't remember. I don't know, some car insurance or some shit like that. Like, <laughs> some decisions are really easy. And then you have the garage band auditioning people, and Slash is playing uh, Sweet Child of Mine on guitar, right? Oh, and then the, he plays it for like 10 seconds, and they're like, You're good. You, you know, stop playing. You're in. You're good. <laughs> you know? and he's like, Oh, cool. God damn it. You know what's funny is when he uh, wrote that, when he wrote the opening riff to Sweet Child of Mine, he fucking hated it. <laughs> Yeah, he never really liked it, but everyone thought it was so catchy. He's like, no, this isn't going to catch on. This isn't going to be a fucking, uh, this. <laughs> okay, we all know. Everyone knows Sweet Child of Mine front and fucking back, and everyone knows Welcome to the Jungle front and fucking back. And I'm like, oh, God, would you shut up? <laughs> so, Eric yeah. didn't pick either of those. No, you're goddamn right I didn't pick either of them because... Oh man, working in a working in a warehouse and workshops, uh, they always keep it on rock the rock station like K Bear One Hundred One, and it's the same forty or fifty songs over and over and over again. These songs that lost popularity like twenty years ago, right? And Guns and Roses always came up, and I am so sick of hearing "Sweet Child of Mine." I'm sick of hearing "Welcome to the Fucking Jungle" and "November Rain" and "Paradise City." It's gotten so ear grating. And they had gotten ear grating to me over the years because when I was a kid, I loved them. I was getting into a lot of, uh, you know, old school metal from the 80s as well as the uh, uh, the big names in uh, 
you know, in my time, which was song, bands like Slipknot and Lamb of God and System of a Down. And then we were sort of working our way backwards and we were checking out these hair metal bands. We were checking out Wasp, <laughs> checking out Rat and uh, Quiet nice. Riot. And, and then we're like, oh, Guns N' Roses. I've and seen the, most of yeah. those bands live. I'm sure you have, <laughs> you old man. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Guns N' Roses, they kind of gripped me. I was like, yeah, this is fun. This is groovy. And then I went and revisited them. And uh, I remember I was listening to the radio in my car whose CD player was broken, so I couldn't listen to much anything else. But I remember listening and Welcome to the Jungle came on, that opening riff. I'm like, oh, Damn, I forgot how cool this song was. And I was getting into it, and then Axel opens his mouth, and I was like, <laughs> oh, God, no. I hate his voice. So, Oh, uh, yeah. So aside from hearing those songs completely overplayed, I am just not a fan of Axel Rose. As a person and as a singer, he is really not that great at being either of those things. <laughs> and if you know his history, he is like one of the biggest divas in all of hair metal. He's just, uh, oh man, he's just a shitty person. <laughs> just a shitty person, William Axel Rose. The initials are war. I'm like, yeah, you cause a war everywhere you go, you little bitch. True. <laughs> so, so, yeah, all... Disdain against Guns N' Roses aside, I do have a soft spot for a certain amount of songs. I can count on one hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do like some of the music that, is, uh, that are not overplayed. The shit from Appetite for Destruction that you don't hear day in, day out. Yes, Axl Rose's voice still gets pretty fucking grating. Whether he's going like a fucking sick cat. Boy, he's up here like this! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you thought that was bad? Uh, it was. Yes, it is. is. Uh, at least it's not like a Vince Neil where it's like laughably bad. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never liked Motley Crue, at least not to the point where I want to see them live or anything like that. It's the same thing with Guns N' Roses, I guess. But at least Vince Neil's voice has aged so horribly. His, him as a person has aged so horribly. It's... <laughs> <laughs> It's really fucking funny to hear him attempt to sing Kickstart My Heart. So I'll give it to Axel. At least he can still sing. Too bad he's still a shit human. But, okay, I've talked on long enough. Yes, there are a few songs by Guns N' Roses that I do unironically like. And I'm not even talking like uh, I love the intro and as soon as Axel starts singing, I tune out. That is the, that is the case for... Uh, Welcome to the Jungle, and for Paradise City. I love that opening to Paradise City. It's just so so vibrant. I yeah. love it. And then I'm just like, okay, Axel, just fast forward through that. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the song that I chose, I have nothing but good things to say about it. I love the, I love the grit of it. I love how it how it just feels so rugged, how it's just got the sense of urgency to it. And I like, I love the lyrics. I love the solo. I love how catchy the fucking chorus is. I love how mean the guitar riff is. Yeah, I love it. When my cousin gave me the Appetite for Destruction album for Christmas one year, I listened to it, and this was the song that stood, that stood out to me. More than the fucking countless singles that are on that. Yeah, no yeah, more. yeah. Sure, the album is a mainstay. Some people hail it as the best rock album of the 80s. I'm like, you're wrong. That goes to Back in Black. But this one, <laughs> this certain song stuck out to me because of exactly what I just said. So 
Enjoy this uh, Guns N' Roses track while you still can, because I will most likely never be playing another song by them on this podcast again. Uh, maybe. I still got one song that I really like by them, but it is not that one. It is this one. This is Out to Fucking Get Me.
So yeah, not a punk song at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it still kind of has that attitude. And fun fact, they do have a uh, connection to the punk scene, be it ever so uh, thin, but that is through Duff McKagan, their bassist. He was a punk rocker, at least he was involved in the punk scene in Seattle uh, throughout the 80s. So much so, he was in his own band called The Farts. Nice. With a Z at the end of that. <laughs> and yeah, it was, just a, it was just 80s hardcore, was what it was, and then went down south, hooked up with, uh, uh, hooked up with Slash and Axel, and uh, got really involved in the Sunset Strip uh, rock scene, which we all know was dominated by the teased hair and the leather and lace. <laughs> True. Yep, and that's why Metallica moved out of L.A. up to uh, Frisco, where the Bay Area thrash scene was going on. So, yeah, L.A. was all about the flash, and the Bay Area was all about the bash. (laughs) So, yeah, we all knew what was uh, going on in the 80s back in that time. So, some good music came out of it. Some of it aged well. Some of it aged like uh, sour milk on a hot summer day. (laughs) And most of uh, Guns N' Roses' catalog is... uh, it's questionable. You could say it's a. Uh, you could say it's a mixed bag. It's like yeah, a mixed bag of vomit and shit. <laughs> <laughs> or you could say it's an acquired taste. It's like yeah, some people need an acquired taste for liver and Brussels sprouts, but it is not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I only enjoy it in moderation, and that's how I feel about Guns and Roses. Certain songs in moderation, but this one always comes back to me. Yeah, there's a there's a few even song even bands that I have a genuine distaste for that I really cannot stand. There's always that one song that gets me. You can call it a guilty pleasure. I don't really believe in that one. It's like yeah, everything about this I should hate, but I just don't. So, <laughs> oops. <laughs> so and yeah, that song is one of them. I got more. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll bear my soul out a little bit more in the years to come. Yeah, but somehow Guns N' Roses made it back to my. Uh, Made it back to my uh, rotation this last this past week. I think it's because I was listening to a lot of Alice Cooper. Okay, and there is just one part in a song uh, by Alice Cooper that I'm expecting to hear that specific snare roll on the end of "Out to Get Me" in the last chorus when they're when it's like they. You won't break me. I kept expecting that to happen in one Alice Cooper song. I know. My brain made that weird, very distinct, minute connection. And I was like, oh, now i got to hear that song again. And uh, here we are. And next week I will be playing an Alice Cooper song. I'm already planning on it. <laughs> but at least Alice Cooper, I don't have any uh, disdain towards him. Except for that he voted for Bush. Dumbass. <laughs> But that's it. That's that's it. I'm gonna shut up about Guns N' Roses now because I could go on and on and on, and I really shouldn't. Well, we're gonna wrap up the show. Thank you again to Gabriel Stefan for joining us again for the interview. Hope you enjoyed the interview, the tracks, all the other tracks. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, Podvine, and SLCPunkCast.com. The bands are found on Instagram. At choice to make, at weekend underscore kids underscore official, at the buzzers oi, at black power violence, and that's for Zulu, at narc.slc, at threer uh, ut, sorry, 
at City uh, underscore Saints, and the show is at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? I am on Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric, E-R-I-C, underscore S-L-C. My bands are on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official and at theapathetics.slc. And on Facebook, respectively, at anonymous SLC and at theapathetics. And our band camps, anonymous SLC and theapathetics.bandcamp.com. Follow my other podcast, Lead Melodies, on Instagram at leadmelodies underscore podcast and on Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. Uh, stream the episodes on anchor.fm and also on Spotify. And follow the SLC Hardcore page on Facebook at SLC Hardcore. The bands are found on Facebook at Choice to Make, at Rose City Rock and Roll, that's for the weekend kids. At Buzzers Oi, at Narc PV, at Three Year UT, at City Saints GBG, and the show's at SLC Punkcast. Thank you again for tuning in, listening all the way up to this point. Thank you for listening on episode 302. Hope you enjoyed the City Saints. Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Well, not exactly a final thought, but one, f- one more plug. Um, in- if you follow me on Instagram and Facebook, this is probably not news to you, but I have been published in Slug Magazine, my first article that I wrote for them in over three years. What brought me out of retirement? They did. They requested me to write a feature on Ace's High Saloon. And, yep, I wrote it. Why did I do it? Because I love Ace's High. I love the owners. I love the staff. I have played there. I frequent there quite a bit. And that was the, their reason for choosing me. Also because my old editor, who is no longer working for them as an editor, they, they outreached to him in order, f- like, hey, do you want to write the feature on this? And they're like, uh, I can't do it right now. I got too much on my plate. But you know who you should get? <laughs> and he pointed <laughs> out to me for, the, uh, for all the aforementioned reasons. So the point is, I have a link to that in my personal profile on Instagram, if you're following. And... Yeah, you can, uh, you can read that online. If you're in Salt Lake, pick up any copy of Slug Magazine. It is in print. And, yep, that's, uh, that's where you can find it. Read my words, people. I used to do this for a living. <laughs> well, it wasn't much of a living, actually, but that's what I did. <laughs> you and got paid to do it. No, I didn't. <laughs> You did it because you liked it. <laughs> yes, I did. There you go. <laughs> and I got a lot of free music and a lot of, uh, a lot of free entry to shows. All I had to do was write an article about them, and I did. And it built my uh, confidence to uh, outreach to bands and discover new music, and now I'm just doing it in a verbal uh, platform. There you go. So, so, yeah. But if you want to read... I know a lot of people don't read anymore, but <laughs> if you want to read the article, and hopefully that will persuade you to visit the saloon, and especially when a show's going on, because it's fun. It's fun over there. Or come through Salt Lake and play at the saloon. Exactly. And they got a pool table, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. That's my, uh, that's my shameless plug. And, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy the next one. And the, and the next one. And the next one. Play the fucking outro. <laughs>